everybody. This is the Mark the Middle podcast. And we are reporting live from the parking lot at Sweet Apple Park in the greater city of Roswell, Georgia, a suburb of Atlanta. Hope you are doing well. Hope you are enjoying the incredible sound effects and the incredible voice that should make you mesmerized by the exciting content that will about that is about to hit the broadcast waves. Get ready for it. It's exciting. I know you can't wait. This is the place where independents hang out. This is the place where you go not to be associated with a group, but to listen to somebody talking to himself for 30, 35 minutes while he runs three miles. So if you haven't run today, get off your keister, off your ass, off your butt, off that big heavy thing back behind you. Walk, run, move, stand up, stretch, do yoga, whatever. Because guess what? Without it, you will not be here any longer. As I look in my car, I make sure my lights are off. So anyway, what do we talk about here? Just political stuff? Just long-winded stuff to occupy all of your hours? No. I think we talk about interesting subjects, or they're interesting to me, There was a subject I had that I thought was incredibly interesting. But now I can't remember what it was, but it was pretty interesting. You know what? I know what it is now. Oh, before I start running and the, and the, the audio quality gets bad, and my light doesn't seem to turn off here. I'm going to have to hit it one more time to see if this works. See if that turns off. Anyway, um, we have got this economy that I don't think that we really think about a lot. When we think about it, because we operate in it, we have these. We live in a contractor world, and it seems like all the people, or a ton of people in the workforce. And then, if I can turn this off. A lot of people in the workforce. I'm just going to run, and if it's on when I get back, guess what? I will turn it off. A lot of people. My third time saying this. A lot of people in the workforce are not working the typical nine-to-five job, which makes this whole employment discussion a very difficult one to have, and because. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about this from the employer's perspective or the small business's perspective. We have all these tools, and if you haven't heard of them, you probably need to, because the goal is you have a business, whether you have a graphic design business, catering business, 
usually tech work seems like it's real good for a lot of these online tools but there is a uh, tool called upwork u-p-w-o-r-k if you haven't heard of it and basically it's where all these freelancers go and they say you know what i will do this kind of work for x dollar amount you can find them find people in the philippines in the u.s you can isolate your search to india to russia whatever you want to do if you want them to have photoshop experience no matter what it is, you can find them on Upwork. Also, there's another one called Fiverr. F-I-V-E-R-R dot com. And this started out as do anything you can do for five bucks. Right? You want to uh, do a logo? Five bucks. You know what? I'm sure it put many a graphic design company in a hurt. Because you have people in third world countries. Five dot five bucks is a is a whole day's pay. Whereas those companies in the US, maybe not the same quality, but I've seen logos anywhere from $2,000 to $100,000. Coke's logo is probably, that's a whole different level, but remember it's your brand. And that's not copywriting and trademarking it. It's just a logo. Anyway, my point is that there's a lot of companies like this. Now I can't even uh, remember all of them right now. Usually after my first mile, my brain starts kicking and it'll come to me. So, hello. But here's the interesting thing. Let's say you have a marketing agency, right? They have a big office, utilities, rent, payroll, all that stuff, right? Now, what they do is they, you know, they want those consistent people, right, to work with long-term clients because you want consistent people, right? But what do you do when business gets tough? Let's say you hire a freelancer. You didn't, you're not paying them on a regular basis, right? You're not controlling everything they do. 
which is the most difficult thing about hiring freelancers. Let's say you hire somebody off one of these job sites. Now, you're not paying benefits. It's a small gig for somebody. Maybe it's not that five bucks because typically Fiverr is not five bucks. It's usually people do it to track business and then they know if they do something and get the connection, now it's you know, five bucks for the first hour and 50 bucks for the next. So it's not quite, Fiverr isn't quite like it used to be. It's more of a lead generation, but the point is, is that we don't have the lowest quality of living in the United States. There's people in Colombia, shoot, all around the world. that work incredibly hard and get paid nothing or nothing compared to our standards. So how do you, how do you live in a world where you have a skill and now this education you went to get let's say it's in marketing, that your skill is now worth what a global economy is willing to pay. What do you do, right? The college is not coming back to you and saying, uh, well, here's your money back. There were no jobs for you. Or the market imploded. And this skill is no longer valuable. Here's your money back. Nope. And sure, you might have gotten some management services or management experience. And, training along the way, yeah. finance, accounting, and that's great. But ultimately, you're being paid for where your very specific skills exist. And I'm going to pivot here because you're a small business and that's what you got to do. And you take the good and the bad. You hope you can hire that person because they're great, but you may not have the funds. You may not have a consistent client to pay that person, I don't know, 70 to a, you know, 
forty to ninety thousand dollars a year or something. So, once again, let's go back at it from the business owner. Let's say you do the logo for 20 bucks. I hired you as a freelancer. Now, if I take your 20 bucks that I got a price tag out of for a thousand, nobody knew that you made it for me. I just made significant profit on your work, right? The return on investment for that business owner was pretty good, right? Now, some of the big issues come up, okay? Whether or not you're an employee and they're a contractor, they, uh, have very little loyalty towards you. So what you start finding out is that now they're posting the logo they did for you on their website. On their, uh, let's say it's on the Fiverr website. Now that company who just paid you a thousand sees that you farmed it out on Fiverr as a freelancer. What does that do to your brand as a business owner? Was it worth finding that freelancer as a business owner? Knowing that this client that you're hoping to keep for a long time knows that you're doing nothing more than finding people that they could find, right? And do it themselves. And I'm sure what normally happens, especially for a client like this, is maybe they they find that freelancer from the pictures they posted and they go direct. So now you as an agency, a marketing agency that does logos, has lost very valuable things. Number one, maybe your client, assuming that's all you did for them, or you got a black eye a little bit. Also, uh, potentially you lost your freelancer because they went directly with your client. So, The freelance economy is, seems like it's the way it's going, but as a business owner, I'm on mile two, by the way, and this is the Mark the Middle podcast. As a business owner, You got to put up or shut up. 
knowing that you have to compete. So hopefully that marketing agency has some big clients, right? Because they don't want just that normal marketing agency. They want one that's consistent and that has their own employees. But it's tough to compete in that world because a big agency has big clients and big clients are not easy commodities to find or they're harder so my point in all this is that Whatever widget you sell, whether it's an asset, a kiosk, a medical product, a consumer product, the first thing is best to sell something that's complex because the more complex it gets, the harder it is for people to price shop you. A logo? How, how complex is that? Right? So you'll say a lot, you know, it's not just cranking out a logo with a bunch of free art. It's all the layers and textures. I get it. I use Photoshop. And I talked about this in the last podcast. Complexity can be your friend. Yeah, I think a lot of people know that. If you're a developer, even if you don't know the stack, that new technology, they say they do, right? The newest stuff. Use all the buzzwords. Because the more complex it is, the more people think that you know what you're doing, the more complicated they think it is to find a competitor. Therefore, what do you get? Higher fees. That's the way the world works. But you know what? And I'm going to uh, pivot a little bit. You could have things like our healthcare, right? It's like development in a way. It's complex, right? It's biology, it's chemicals, it's the human body, right? The most complex thing out there. But all these words, the Latin derivatives, have made it so difficult to understand just the terminology itself. Okay. Makes the 
barrier of entry or the psychological barrier of entry difficult for people because they say why would I want to go there I'll never understand that right but the problem though like I hear about in India they're already doing mass distributions of the covid drug you have tons of inventory or covid uh therapy or immunization. Maybe they license the, the work or the uh, patent or invention or whatever or took it. But you know what they're good at? Creating it, manufacturing it, developing it fast, right? Lots of labor, lots of skill. And we're struggling with, let's say a million a day. So how do they do that? How can China replicate our price so quickly? I know there's patents and things that they get around, I get that, but just the knowledge base, even with the map, to be able to create it so fast and sell it, to go from idea to market. And once again, they copy, right? But it's a skill. I've had the uh, directions for a, uh, a gas grill before. It doesn't help me. I gotta have a lot of smart people who know gas grills. Put that thing together. That's an expertise all its own. So back to the uh, the difficulty of understanding. That system falls back on itself as far as helping people. As a business, once again, create the complexity for protection. Maybe not protection, maybe you know the medical industry was <laughs> all the terminology came up back a long time ago. But the complexity of the industry makes it difficult for people to get in and understand what's going on. Yeah, it makes it harder for people to compete. But then again, that entrepreneur who's not going to study that because it's almost too complex. Limits how fast it we can come up with a cure. So what's the solution? What is the solution? Hello. Good morning. Well, 
except that it's a global market, right? We're never going to be able to isolate the United States from other countries that are hungrier than we are. We just can't. They'll always come up. It'll always get copied. So, I'm on mile three, by the way. My three mile run. So what do you do? Let's say you rewrite the terminology. You make everything less complex. And some, instead of calling something uh, ACE inhibitor or whatever, in the medical term, you call it a thick blood stopper, right? You use words that are translatable across populations. They mean the same thing. You don't call it excrement, you call it shit. My point here is that the simpler it is for society as a whole, the more people that will feel included to figure it out, right? You know, sometimes you might have started a presentation and all the eyes start glazing over, but then you gave an example, right? Oh, it's like this. And then everybody's eyes lit up and they go, oh, I get it. It needed simplicity. It needed frame of reference. Culturally as well. Does that make sense? Because one thing we've learned, whether it's with Robin Hood and the stock market, Facebook and social media and Google, that when at Amazon and how people buy hosting, no matter what it is, scale makes things cheaper. Invisibility brings more people into the game to understand it. I'm sure there's a lot of people right now with COVID going on and the vaccine rolling out. They're going into inner city neighborhoods and saying, uh, no, this vaccine won't cause um, this disease or very simple things. There's no way it could happen. Even science saying, uh, don't make you sick, right? Because people don't speak the language. But the most simple messaging is what we need. You ever notice you go to a shopping center and you see the one store says, 
dry cleaner. That's it. <laughs> Not friendly, loving, fresh and clean dry cleaner, you know? Dry cleaner. Big luggers. All lit up. With a price underneath it, 99 cent shirts. <laughs> you know what? I used to go by there or see places like that and say, terrible marketing. How idiotic. How's their brand, huh? You know what? They're making money. They may be able to build a brand one day with all the cash they're making. You know why? Because people know what they do. Drive through. Go figure. Dry cleaning. 99 cent shirts. Seems like uh, people from other countries maybe understand this more than we do. We like to make things complex, but let's get back to it with a small business owner. You're feeling tired. It's not as cold out here today. Yesterday, I bet it was in the 20s. Today, it's gotta be 40. So back to the business owner. We want cheap. But the downfall is selling the premium. And higher paid customers are higher paying customers. Equity in our company that we don't sell cheap stuff. Downside. expensive to hire employees and you do you start losing to countries that have a much lower standard of living the other downside a lack of understanding and an inability to put our curiosity, at least in America, on steroids. If every person started understanding how a drug was made in a simple way, or a rocket ship was launched, or a cure for cancer was being developed without having to read six-point font in a medical journal. There would be more kids and adults who would dig into it. It's because 
our biggest strength in America is our natural curiosity. The curiosity that comes from our economy, our form of government, our freedom. It's curious. Knowing that if we create it, that we can somehow help our family. That's all about. You want to make money, right? You want to bring home more money so you can help your family, take vacations, give your kids more exposure to stuff, right? That's personally my my goal. It's never been. I have. I want to have twenty million dollars. It's always been. With the money can buy, right? It's exciting to show somebody something they haven't seen before, or give them a perspective they have never known, right? Why do you think all the billionaires are going into space, building space stations? Coming up with new rockets, investing in Bitcoin, right? Because they get bored. Then they know they know that they're not going to live forever, and they want to make a difference. And money is no longer what drives them. It is the thing that money can do for you. Anyway, I'll end on a, on a thought process here, or, or something to picture in your mind today. Watch the old Rocky movie, right? Running up the steps in Philadelphia with all the kids following him and chanting his name. One way or another, I think that's what everybody wants. They want to know that they made a difference, and they feel stuck sometimes because they don't have the means to even start. Hope you have a great day. This is Mark the Middle signing out.